Have you ever met someone who makes you feel so seen and at ease when you are around them? Have you ever been in the presence of a teacher or a coach who just kind of knows how to shed that light on your path to newfound ways? I am pleased to bring my dear friend and fellow coach, Sahara Rose, to the podcast today. Sahara has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra, who actually wrote the foreword of her three books. Now, you might have heard of her books. She's the best-selling author of Discover Your Dharma, Eat Feel Fresh, and The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, and a Yogic Path Oracle deck card, which is amazing. And she has a ton of journals and just great ways for you to really step into newfound personal development. She is also the host of the Highest Self Podcast. It's one of the top spirituality podcasts on iTunes with over 25 million downloads and counting. I am so excited for you to connect with and meet Sahara today if you haven't already. Today's episode is filled with wisdom, insight, and guidance on how to live out your true calling. If you need an emotional reset or just some new clarity into your life today and want to dive deeper into your own desire to support and serve, you will love this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Sahara. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing so good. It's so awesome to have you here and just to get to talk. And I know that we have kind of ran in the same circles with work stuff and speaking stuff and we have mutual friends. And so it's great to to have you on. I've just been such a huge fan of you and your work for so long. And I know that our audience is going to love you today. Mm, Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and share anything that can be insightful for your audience today. Yes. So I want to just break it down. How do you explain, I mean, if someone asked me who Sahara Rose is, I would say, well, she is, she's a spiritual teacher. She's a student. She's uh, a spiritual guide. Whenever I feel down and in the dumps, I love following her and going to the amazing content that she creates because she just really uplifts my spirit. That's how I would describe you. But how do you describe you? I always start with that I'm an ancient soul in a modern body because I feel a strong resonance with all things ancient, sacred, ritual, goddess, feminine, and then also making it modern and fun and relatable and colorful and twerking with it. So it's both. So I feel like I'm here to raise the vibration of the planet through helping others discover their dharma through the path of joy. Mm, So good. How do you tap in to that inner wisdom? Mm. For me, dance has definitely been one of the greatest pathways, the greatest reminders of just letting go of all the tension that we hold onto somatically in the body and letting the body flow and feel good and connect. And I feel like my highest self when I am in that moment where you're just dancing and you're not in your head, even for a split second, it's just like, I'm with the music. So dance, breath work. I do breath work every single morning, right when I wake up, in bed, I just like go on YouTube and I do this breath work practice. And that is so for me, just meditating can be really hard because like my mind is just, you know, entrepreneur life. It's not, it ain't going to stop. 
but breath work, it, there is just this energetic shift that happens through doing that. So breath work is really helpful for me. And I feel like just having conversations, I'm someone who, if something is like bothering me or on my mind, I just need to talk about it. And the longer I let it fester, that's when it starts to eat me alive. So just having really honest conversations about what's showing up. So I'm able to move through it and move back to creation. So take me, take me back to like baby Sahara time. You know, when, when you were a young child, did you, did you already have that inner guidance and awareness? Would you, would you hear things? Would you see things? Would you feel things? Was there a portal or a vessel that you just felt connected and tapped into? And was it something that was just naturally always there? Or was it something that might've kind of sparked or shown up in certain ways? And then you kind of followed the lead. So as a child, and I believe all of us were extremely intuitive and, you know, imagination, where is imagination really coming from? It's coming from something greater than us. So as a child, I would see all sorts of things. I would create, write these fantasy books and talk about these different beings. And also I would see ghosts and be really scared of things. And there's that side too, because just the movies they play on Disney, it's like, that shit is really scary. Like, why are they putting that in my subconscious? So I then learned about the witches and I was in like about fourth grade and I grew up in Massachusetts near Salem. So I started to go to Salem a lot and I started to practice witchcraft. I started to learn about different spells and magic and alchemy. And I was like, my soul just wanted to learn everything it could. And when I say witchcraft, I don't mean dark. I mean like, ooh, potions and magic and herbs and that kind of thing, like hocus pocus vibes. So I had these other friends that were really into it and we would be the witch of the North, South, East, and West, and do all these different activations. And the kids at school were really afraid of us. And one day I was walking across a hill and a group of kids saw me and I can still completely remember this. And this one boy said, burn the witch at the stake. And he pushed me down the hill and he came tumbling after me. And he had one of those casts on that are, you know, the metal casts that you can walk on. And that cast hit my head and gave me a concussion. So I was rolled down this hill and was unconscious. And as I woke up, the kids were all just laughing at me. So I had to get myself up and walk to the principal's office and go home. And even my mom, she didn't really know, you know, they don't really know what to say and do. So it was kind of like never spoken about. And then when I came back to school, they said, well, you and the girls are scaring other kids. So you guys are not allowed to talk anymore. And at that time, I realized that it is not safe for me to be magical. This can literally get me killed. I mean, groups of kids at my school are coming after me for this. And also now I'm in trouble and I'm not allowed to talk to these other girls anymore. So after that, I stopped being magical for like 15 years, I want to say. had nothing, I had no interest in spirituality. I was very into activism and politics and like changing the world, but like really political. And I went to school in DC and was on this quest to become an international human rights lawyer and lost touch with that side of myself. And it wasn't until doing yoga and then going through a health journey that the spirituality came back. Oh, that's such a great story. And, and I loved how, you know, it's like, we can't hide ourselves and expect to be seen. And I mm. think that the universe has just a really funny way of reconnecting us to our true selves. Um, I love that you use the word magical and magic. If you were to define that in your own terms, how, how is that defined? 
to me, magic is the unexplainable, the irrational. And when I mean irrational, I mean the mind with logic cannot create it. So I grew up with my dad's mantra. My dad has three PhDs from MIT. So like hyper scientific. And his mantra to me growing up was be rational, not emotional. So like ration and logic and making sense was the highest thing and being emotional and intuitive. The feminine was considered worse. Like, Oh, your mom, she's so emotional, bad thing. So to me, magic is actually embracing those parts of yourself because they can go so far beyond what the logical mind can understand. I'm just like giggling to myself. Cause I'm thinking about like your dad's karma. Like, of course he had you. Yeah. <laughs> Like so good. Um, so with that, how, where did that shift come? You were in DC, you were really into this work, human rights, justice. What made you have that return to yourself? I would have never consciously have chosen it. I went through really bad health issues. When I was 21 years old, I went through perimenopause. So what happens when that when you're, when you stop creating any form of estrogen or testosterone is you start to have bone density issues, digestive issues, anxiety. So I was prescribed antidepressants, hormone replacement therapy, birth control, IBS medication, SIBO medication, like all of these different forms of medication. And every single doctor, you know, they sit with you for 15 minutes. They're like, okay, here's your pill. Go to the next person. We can't talk about that thing. Cause that's not under our specialty. So I just had to figure out to myself, what was going on with me? Obviously there's something that I didn't have any issue to have caused, you know, not getting my period for two plus years at 21 years old. So I went on this journey of how can I heal myself? And that brought me into holistic healing, which brought me into Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga based on the mind body connection. And I couldn't save the world because I needed to learn how to first save myself. So I think that a lot of us healers and, and those of us who really want to make a big impact, we first must learn how to be that. But had that not happened to me and someone even told me about nutrition, healing, I would have said, that's so selfish. How are you going to focus on yourself when we have a world to save? Oh, I think you're hitting on so much. And I think so many people can relate to what you just said of, you know, I have to focus on other people. I have to, you know, be out there and help and support and put my hand and my mind and my body and my soul into everything else. And it's actually selfish of me to focus on myself when really I think the most selfless thing that you can do is keep the focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so share with me about that transition from focusing on everything and everyone else to coming back to you and focusing on yourself. You started practicing yoga um, really started looking into ways to really heal yourself from the inside out. And then you mentioned Dharma earlier. I would love for you to share how was your discovery of Dharma? There may be listeners that I have that don't even know what Dharma is. So I would love for you to walk us through that and how that's been a part of your journey. Mm. So on this path of self-healing, you start to realize what you start to ask yourself, what is the purpose of health? You know, you're so obsessed with, I need to get my digestion right and my hormones right and my this and my that. And it's like, you become this project. And I started to ask myself, well, what is really the purpose of health? The purpose of health is so we don't have to worry about our health anymore. So we can take that energy towards our greater purpose, why we're here. But frankly, I just didn't even know what that was because now that I was off track of saving planet earth, I was like, then what am I supposed to do? So that's when I became extremely confused of then what is my purpose? Should I take this job? Should I do that job? And 
every single day I had like 12 new ideas of what I was meant to do with my life. Every person I would meet, I would ask them, do you know what my purpose is? As if maybe they knew because I didn't. And it was extremely confusing and overwhelming for me, which is, I feel a lot of us, especially with the internet, you see all these possibilities out there. And it's like, well, that person's thriving as a stay-at-home mom with three kids in Tennessee. And that person's thriving as an influencer in LA. So how am I supposed to know what's right for me? So with this journey of Ayurveda, I started to go deeper into it, into spirituality. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. So a lot about Ayurveda is your mind and your body are really reflections of your spirit. And even your health issues are a reflection of what's going on deeper emotionally. And I started to realize how disconnected I was to my feminine energy. I was so disconnected to the point that I stopped menstruating. My body was just like, you're obviously not fit to create life because I was so rigid with myself. I was obsessed with my nutrition. I was obsessed with my everything, showing, explaining, proving myself that my physical body manifested that into physical form. So I started to dive deeper into, wait, I don't even think my health issues, I think part of it could be food and herbs, but really it's something deeper spiritually going on. And then that took me deeper into, well, who am I? What is my purpose? So this, this word dharma in Sanskrit, it means your soul's purpose, the big reason why you are here. And it's not just what you do. It's not one career that you have or job that you play, but it's your frequency. It's your essence. Like you would say, it's your brand, really, your personal brand, your signature that you bring to every conversation that you have, interaction, project that you work on. So I went on this pathway of trying to discover, or should I say, remember my purpose, because I believe all of us really know what it is deep down inside. We've just been so conditioned that we forgot. And that's what led me to this journey of, and then writing my book, Discover Your Dharma. Well, my audience, they love a how-to, they love steps. And I know that so many of them are sitting there either in their bathroom right now, in their cars, taking a walk, walking their dog, and doing the dishwasher with their kids in the background with their headphones on. And they're thinking, Sahara is explaining me right now. Like, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I feel so disconnected, mind, body, and spirit. I feel disconnected from my body. You know, I, you know, maybe they're having menstrual problems. Maybe they have no sex drive. Maybe they just don't even like the way that they look in the mirror. Um, maybe they're so cerebral and heady. They just can't even figure out how to do 
do anything else outside of the chaos um, and being so tapped out of being able to emotionally attune with themselves. And so I would love for you, and I say all that because I, I have been there too, and I know that very, very intimately. And so for someone who is listening that is like, I, I don't know what my purpose is. How do I get back to that? What would you recommend being those first steps, you know, even if it's just dipping your toe into something to start to really feel yourself and reconnect with yourself? Mm. So the first tool that I suggest is understanding your Dharma archetype. So I have these nine Dharma archetypes. So some of them are, and we're all of these Dharma archetypes in a unique combination. So for example, you might be the artist. So if you are someone that naturally people compliment you, you have such a beautiful home style, Instagram feed, just everything you do, it has a unique aesthetic to it. You have the artist in you, or maybe you have the visionary. You are here to be that voice, that that person that inspires people, brings them to a higher vibrational understanding. You have those visionary elements. That's part of your dharma. Maybe you're the entertainer. You're that person who just makes people laugh or think or cry at at a party. You're telling a story and bringing people around you. You have that. That's part of your dharma. Maybe you're the entrepreneur, someone who, since the time you were a kid, you were coming up with business ideas and you're always thinking about solutions for world's problems through a business lens. So maybe your dream is to be on Shark Tank. That means you have the entrepreneur in you. Maybe you love Sarah Blakely and different entrepreneurs like that. Or perhaps you have the nurturer. You love to connect deeply with people on a one-on-one basis, dive deep, hold space for them, ask them questions. People always compliment you. You have such a unique way of making me feel seen and heard. And oftentimes just noticing what are the compliments that you get from people? What are the comments you get? Because sometimes we think, oh, doesn't everyone get told they have such a great way of making people feel seen and heard? It's like, no, (laughs) do you tell that to every single person? Definitely not. But sometimes we just think, oh, isn't everyone great at hosting an epic dinner party? No, absolutely not. Isn't everyone great at reorganizing their home and making everything really polished? No. So I have a quiz people can take dharmaarchetypequiz.com that can break it down. That really helps people understand there. So I would start there because sometimes when you don't know your purpose, you're like, I don't even know what my gifts are. I don't even know what my strengths. So to see yourself in this archetype that's greater than you, you're like, hmm, if I have these qualities and so does Sarah Blakely or so does Oprah, maybe I'm not Oprah yet, but there's something that we have in common that I get to nurture within me. Oh, that's so good. And thank you so much for sharing that because I, I love that you touched on the different types of Dharma and maybe we're a little bit of all of those, but I think the biggest takeaway to what you just said is that what may be so common or natural to us could be so foreign to someone else. And what we may think is just, like you said, well, isn't everyone great at throwing epic dinner parties? Absolutely not. (laughs) And so (laughs) me, me either. And so I think it's, that's where people, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this too, Sahara, people will come into my community and they'll say, well, there's nothing significant about me. There's nothing special about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was never great at sports. I was never great in school. You know, I, I, I don't have anything that is that one thing, but what you said about, well, what do people naturally come to you for, call you in for, ask you questions about? starting there is key. And thank you for that quiz. Cause I think that that's going to be really, really insightful and helpful to people. Once 
people start tapping into their purpose. And I would love for you just to share your own personal story with this. Once you started tapping into your purpose, you know, how do you know what guidance systems to step into, to follow? How do you put yourself, I'm going to actually say this in a different way. How do you put yourself in that receiving mode? So you're not doing and you're, you're not leading the way, but you're actually letting your purpose and your greater calling and, and really a purpose greater than yourself, a divine purpose greater than yourself come in to show you the way by, by being in that receiving mode, if that is making sense. Yes. So there are three stages of your dharma. So there's the air stage, which is the receiving, the channeling, the opening. It's in the mind. If you know the chakra system, it's the upper, it's the crown, the third eye. Then we have the pitta, which is the fire, the doing, the action, the actual creation of it. And then we have the kapha, which is the earth energy, which is the sacred pause, the taking a step back. So it's really this cycle that we go into the insight, the ideation, the execution, and then the reevaluation. So for a lot of us, especially if you're a spiritual person, sometimes we really like the idea stage. We're like, I can think of ideas forever and come up with brand names for people and think about the, the colors it's going to be like for me, I love all of that stuff. But then what might be challenging is choosing one of those ideas to actually take action on and execute. And when you don't really have any stake in the game, it's just a bunch of ideas up in the air. It's really easy to be like, well, that's never going to happen. That's not going to work and go on to the next and go on to the next and actually just overwhelm yourself with possibilities. So if you're someone who's really in that air stage, you're thinking a lot of ideas, you're maybe even confused and overwhelmed with them all, take one. And if you're not sure which one, think if I were to die next year, what is the one thing I would want to bring to life? And that was the hardest thing for me too, because I'm like, well, I want to do a skincare line and be a shaman and this and that. And it's like, okay, the one thing I'm going to do is write this Ayurveda book. That is the thing. And, and then I can do the rest, which I'm still don't have a skincare line, I'm still not a shaman, but it's okay, you know, because I, you shift in the process of doing and creating as well. So that brings us into the execution, the pitta, the fire stage. Now, if you're someone who's often in the fire, you're always doing, you're always executing, you're a boss babe, you're probably really entrepreneurial. You might even feel like, well, I'm just so in it that it, I don't even have space to think of what's next. And if you're in that fire for too long, you get burnt out. So sometimes we stress ourselves when we're in this stage of like, why aren't I as creative as I used to be? Why aren't I coming up with new ideas? Why don't I know what's my next brand? Like I suck. But actually it's because you're so in the fire, you can't go into the air, you need to go into the earth. So the earth is that sacred pause. It's that rest, the reevaluation, taking a step away from it because it's only when you have that pause between the inhale and exhale that you're truly in stillness. So in that sacred pause, maybe it's taking a few days off of social media to just reconnect with your why. What are you even putting out there? Maybe it's taking a few days off from communicating with your team and putting out fires all the time of just, okay, how do I want my business even to look and feel and be? And then we have more micro pauses, such as doing a daily meditation or breathwork practice, and then more macro that maybe you need a month off. And that's just the stage of your life that you're in because you've just been in the fire for too long. So that kapha stage, that earth stage is really where we reevaluate and we ground and we notice how we've shifted even through that process of creating something. And naturally from that place, from that deep fertile soil, 
the plant germinates and the seed begins to blossom and the next idea comes through. So I would say if you're looking for your next idea, go into the earth. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I love the visual of the air, the fire and the earth. And I think, I mean, I know I can sense where I can tend to hang out too long is definitely in the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to chat a little bit about some resistance. For some people, it may be anxiety uh, or it may come up as frustration or overwhelm, but the resistance to one of those three and, and how can we, and I know you gave great examples about, you know, getting in the earth, taking a break, going outside for a walk, getting off of social media. When you're in that air stage, and, and I see this a lot in my community, and you mentioned it earlier, I don't know how to medicate, Julie. Like my brain's going a mile a minute. I just can't sit there and be still. It's just not going to happen. What are other ways that people can relieve themselves of the resistance, the anxiety, the overwhelm, and the frustration and find whatever stillness so that air can do its job, that that air, that realm that we're in, in that way. If it's not meditation, I know you mentioned breath, breath work. What are some other things that people can try or test out to see if that puts them in that receiving mode? Mm. So I think for a lot of women, it's through conversation. You know, so many of us, we get our best ideas when we're just in conversation because it takes us out of our own head. It's like, you know, when you're having a bad day at work and things are just going wrong and then you meet up with your friend and it's almost like you just forgot about that day and maybe you're, you're coming up with new ideas. So maybe it's just having a conversation with someone journaling, letting those thoughts out. It's when it's, those thoughts are so pressing in your mind, it's impossible to just resist them. It, that feels way too far away. So it's just letting those thoughts out. Maybe you record a voice note of yourself, just saying everything that you want to say. I mean, truly that's what coaching and the best coaches really just listen to you and hold space for you, for you to express what you're here to express. So maybe it's getting a coach. I mean, there's so many different layers of this. You could go into somatic embodiment work. So I have really loved working with a somatic experiencing therapist who taps into how you're feeling in the moment. So let's say I'm feeling really unsupported by my team. And I feel like I have to do everything myself, which is a recurring problem for me. Um, so <laughs> all of us, it's a entrepreneurial fire girls. So for me, she, she has me lie down and feel into what does it feel like in my body to feel supported and to feel held. And then my mind is like, well, that's not true. That's not what's actually going on. You're not, you're not. But it's like, then when I can tune into what does it feel like in my body, it starts to create these pathways and these possibilities. And then I start to create evidence for all of the ways that I am already supported that I'm just not recognizing right now. And then that shifts my focus into all of the ways that my team is showing up for me and things are working for me. And also giving myself radical acceptance that it's okay that I want excellence. It's okay that I want things to be really beautiful. That's okay. And there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to let go of that but it's also impossible for me to expect other people to do things perfectly in the way that I want them to be done. So it's, it's feeling into what does that feel like somatically and then loving whatever is actually showing up. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of the, the awareness, acceptance, and action, just being aware of what is accepting what is exactly the way that it is. And then from there, more to be revealed that you can step into and, and, and take the next, you know, indicated action on. Yeah. And I think you really hit on so much that I think is a big um, story that this community tells themselves. I know I tell myself a lot is that I'm not supported. It's not enough. 
you know, nothing's ever enough. I have no support. I have to do this all myself, which is, you know, is that really true? Absolutely not. It's not true. But I find it so interesting when I'm pulling my, you know, various Oracle cards and things like that. I constantly get up the card, like you are supported, trust the process, you are supported. So how do you step into that idea of the support? Because you have that as well that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. that when you start to feel that, and I love the narrative shift that you just gave, how do you start to believe it? And you start to embody that, especially when you're feeling so unsupported in the moment. Mm. I mean, a work in progress girl. I wish I had the total answer, but I start to, well, first I take a step back from reacting because when we're in that space, sometimes we might say things even in a tone that is not you know, truly the way that we seek to communicate. So I take a step back. I, I like to lie down on the ground a lot and just let my body feel supported and just recalibrate horizontally. I also really love just stretching and, and foam rolling. And again, like really opening up the body to let myself embody that from a more somatic space. I often journal about what would true support feel like for me? So one of my affirmations that I always say is I receive the support I need to focus my energy on my dharma. So it reminds me of, well, I'm really here to live my dharma. I'm really here to live my purpose. So what are the ways that I can create more support around that? What are the little things that I think I need to do because it's wrong? And if I don't do it, then things are not going to happen. But are they actually my dharma? And also like, if there's a typo or a link not working on a website, like is your personal brand destroyed and people are going to be like, she is a complete fraud. I will never trust her again. Like that button did not go anywhere. Like she needs to update her press page. Like those things actually don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And sometimes I nerd out and I like go on other people's websites and I'm like, like this person, she was like promoting her meditations. And I was so excited. I went and it was like a broken link you know, I was like, well, that kind of sucks for her. And like, this is why, you know, then it reinforces the belief of, see, I need to do everything myself. But I'm like, but at the end of the day, did that impact her from reaching millions of people? No. Is is that going to change anything truthfully in her business? I don't know. Maybe she'll lose some emails that day, but it's fine. Her essence is really what we're here for. So is it worth the energetic downgrade that you're making when you throw yourself into that problem solving. I need to be the one to put out the fire. In fact, sometimes we manifest those situations because it's our ego's need to feel needed, which is, I think a huge thing for us. It's like, we feel like we need to be needed. So we keep manifesting situations of, see, I'm needed here. See, if I wasn't around all of this, I don't even know what you guys are doing here. I'm the one that needs to do it, but it's our ego's desire to feel important. And if, if you weren't on social media that week, or if you got off of your team slack, forever, things would have figured themselves out. Again, it might not be how your ego wants it to be. And on the timeline, your ego wants it to be, but they'll figure itself out. Oh yeah. You just hit on something that I think is so universal and just so spot on the money. And that idea of, I know when I start to feel so chaotic, if I give myself a moment to pause, I'm like, oh, right. It's because my ego is running the show here. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like this addiction. It's like, I, I'm actually inadvertently creating everything that I'm saying that I don't want because it's me. I'm creating the chaos. I'm creating the need and the scarcity and the, all of those things. And it's really amazing what can happen. I, I pulled a card the other day from um, 
the archetypes. It's a Kim, Kim Crayon's card. And I pulled the riddle. Yeah, it's great. And the riddle basically is just like, stop trying to look for the answers because there's not one. And it really doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, there you go. Like, it's just, the answer is that there isn't an answer and like more to be revealed always. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love that you mentioned that. And, and I think that that's something that we can all connect with and just really taking that moment to sit back and also the awareness of really knowing yourself mm-hmm. that a, a lot of, a lot of what, I mean, we are such powerful and creative beings. We manifest whether it's good or bad, like we're the ones kind of running the show over here and making it happen. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you touched on that. So hard for the ones that are listening that they want to dive more into this. I know that you gave the quiz and I, I want you to share a little bit more about, the, about your book. And we have a lot of readers um, that listen to this podcast and, and I would love for you to kind of share the walkthrough of that. And I know that you had talked about earlier, if there was this one thing that I had to create before I died, it would be to write this book. So share with us a little bit about that, why that was the chosen idea that you wanted to bring to life and, um, and what we can learn from it. Yeah. So the book discover your Dharma really came through from my own questioning and not knowing. And and also while this journey was happening of not knowing my Dharma, my family was really against this alternative path that I was taking. They were really afraid of me not having a stable job and ending up homeless. They didn't understand spirituality. So with that, I believe I also manifested that situation because I needed to learn how to believe in myself, even when the people around me that I loved the most did not believe in me at all. In fact, were telling me I was a loser. I was a failure. I was never going to make it. So I needed to learn to trust myself when I had no evidence. I didn't even know what making it was going to look like on the other end. And it wasn't like a one day I just did it and here I am, bitch. Like, it's like, it was like an ongoing thing. So I learned so many different realizations throughout this journey and this process, such as the Dharma archetypes that I shared with you today, such as the Dharma blueprint, which is this method that you can do to combine what you're excited about, your superpowers, the obstacles you overcome, your mediums and your Dharma archetype together to actually give you an actionable focus. Because I think so much of not knowing our purpose comes with, well, what do I focus on today? What do I put my energy towards? And again, that doesn't mean that maybe you're like going to put your focus around creating an online magazine. That doesn't mean that's your whole purpose, but it gives you a sense of purpose. So discover your Dharma helps you first of all, understand who you are and then really take an actionable approach. Cause again, I have eight planets in Capricorn. So I'm like, how are we going to make this happen? So you can actually begin to live a life where your outer reality is in alignment with who you are. I feel so many of us, especially the past two years with the pandemic and spending so much time at home, we have been quantum leaping in our spirituality and do our jobs match who we are today, our friendships, the conversations we're having, our surroundings. So sometimes it takes that, you know, that rebrand inside for you to actually live a life that is in alignment with who you are at this moment of time and who you want to become tomorrow as well. So that's really what Discover Your Dharma is all about. Oh, I love it. And we can get it wherever books are sold. Yes. And it's in multiple languages. So if you just go to my website, iamsaharose.com, you'll find a bunch of links there. Perfect. And I know you have an incredible podcast. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So Highest Self Podcast was born five years ago on my own, again, spiritual journey of 
what are past lives and how do we heal our ancestral lineages and all of these different questions that I had. And I just wanted to have these types of conversations. So it's a mix of different solo casts that I just sort of download information that's coming through as well as conversations with spiritual teachers like Sadhguru and Don Miguel Ruiz and many Marianne Williamson and many others. So it's a great one. We got to talk about like personal branding and energetics and intuition and have you on. I would love to do that. That would be very, yeah. very fun. Because yeah. um, honestly, personal is- branding is such a huge part of living your dharma. It's it's you expressing that to the outer world. And it really, it's so required. And I love that you're bringing this conversation of understanding your dharma because an, it, being an influencer is not about the outside and it's the pictures. It's who you're embodying on a soul level. And that's really what people feel. Yes. And you, you just touched on exactly what I was about to ask you next with that whole idea. Cause I agree with you on, on personal branding and it really is, it, it is your, it is your soul's purpose cracking open and, and, and shining out to the universe. So I would love to know what does influence mean to you? Mm. It's so funny how the, like the word influence is such a beautiful word. It's like the word of expressing your soul gifts with the planet and making a true lasting impact that creates the domino effect of every single person that your light continues to touch. Like what a beautiful thing. And so I love that you're up-leveling the word influencer to be someone who creates influence. I think we've taken a shadow approach to, oh, an influencer, someone who just wants, that's not actual influence. That's maybe shopping influence. That's a type of influence, but I would say like Martin Luther King was an influencer. You know, these people who've changed the world are true influencers. So I love how you're raising the vibration of the word so we can truly hold what it's about. Mm, Thank you. And and I received that and and I love how it, it, your definition of that flows so beautifully into the connection to the Dharma piece. And um, it's just all connected. And your podcast is is an incredible one. And, uh, you know, for everyone listening, that is one of the ones that I would tell you to definitely go listen to and to dive into more and and just, you know, to remain curious. And the last thing that I would love to touch on, um, because you talked about how your family, you know, they don't get spirituality. That's not their, that's not their thing. And for anyone that's listening, that maybe they were raised in a very, you know, fundamental religion, you know, they're, they're Christian, they're Jewish, they're Muslim, they're Buddhist, they're Hindu, maybe they're agnostic, maybe they are spiritual. How would you, um, or what would you say to those about, yes, you have your religion and your belief systems and go for that, but also how to stay open. And I'll, you know, for example, for me, I grew up Southern Baptist. The fact that I have crystals in my house, my grandmother would say I was like living in sin, going to hell. (laughs) So it's, you know, you have a lot of, a lot of those belief systems and those indoctrinations. So for someone who may be curious about just wondering what else is out there and is there some kind of divine source that I can tap into that may be different than what I was taught growing up or maybe different than what my parents wish for me to believe or their parents wish for me to believe? What is your insight or your advice there? Ah, So, you know, I would say the difference between spirituality and religion is religion comes more from an organized approach to connecting with source. 
Whereas spirituality really is your own remix. Like there is no one way of doing it. And while religion can bring people into spirituality, it doesn't bring everyone to spirituality. You know, so for some people, religion is more of a cultural identity or uh, a, a tribal understanding. So if you grew up in a religion that maybe causes you to fear tapping into source directly, first, I would question, where is that coming from? You know, your grandma's fear of crystals, if it comes from somewhere, it comes from someone telling her it's not safe for you to connect directly because you don't know who's out there. So stay where you are. So we can have compassion for understanding that, that it's just, it's just fear. And then we can find, okay, what is my unique connection to source divinity, spirit, earth, whatever it is that you want to call it. What does it look like for some people? It may be through singing, you know, when they sing, maybe they sing gospel, maybe they sing mantras, but it's singing, you know, really at the end of the day, it's just different cultures came up with their own understanding of the exact same thing. And if you read all religions comparatively, it has the exact same essence to it. It's just, I mean, when you really look at the history of it, it had to do with what was going on historically at that time caused them to create the stories that resonated with, with that part of the world. And also it changed throughout, throughout history. Those same stories were continually adapted so I would say dive into understanding why maybe the religion that you grew up with thinks the way that it thinks, and then understanding for yourself without this. If I, if I was just a soul with no past, no family, how would I want to connect? And, you know, for myself, my, my dad was an atheist. Like there was no understanding of God or anything like that at all. So, so for some people growing up with religion actually can be a really beautiful setup that you are connected to God from spirit. So you can also find the gratitude. I see a lot of people, they're like, I'm a recovering Catholic and I understand how it can create some maybe more shadow understandings of sexuality, et cetera. But also what a gift that you grew up. You know, I, I think what a gift that my dad was so scientific that helped me also see things from a really logical perspective. And I'm gonna choose my own crazy way of connecting with things. <laughs> I love that. And that was a, a really beautiful, um, you know, just sharing your heart and, and your perspective of that. So thank you. All right, Ms. Sahara, please let everybody know where they can find you. I know you've given your website, but your social handles. Um, and then for anyone listening today, make sure to check our show notes. You're going to have all the links in there. And then of course, if there was anything about today's episode that you loved or maybe challenged you a little bit. Maybe it made you feel uncomfortable. Maybe it made you feel excited. Whatever those feelings were, we would love to know what they are. So please screenshot this episode, tag myself and Sahara and let me know what those are. Uh, well, thank you so much, Julie, for holding the space and for being such a lighthouse, especially introducing so many people who maybe it's their first time ever having this type of conversation and, and you are that way shower for them. So thank you for being courageous. I know that sometimes it's like, you know, when you're pivoting into new conversations, it's like people might not understand it, will they? But just for, I really see you for honoring your heart and letting it guide you exactly to where you are and, and bringing these conversations into the space. So thank you for that. And my Instagram is also, I am Sahara Rose. So connect with me there, send me a message. And I'm so grateful for being here today. I'm grateful to have you. I love following Sahara. She is such a light. She's going to put a smile on your face with her awesome dance moves and her uplifting spirit. So definitely check out her on Instagram. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. 
If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all of that good stuff.